0: Welcome to the rainbows and rain podcast for early interventionists. My name is Erica and this is my podcast where I reflect on real life visits in hopes to grow in my own early intervention practice as I work with families and children birth to age three. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own visits and interactions with families. We've hit a milestone with the r podcast. This is our 10th episode, and I'd like to just share a little bit about the story behind how the podcast came to be. I discovered the EI on the Fly podcast back in about 2019, 2020, and really enjoyed listening to it in the car, driving in between visits. And it's a podcast I highly recommend. It's designed to be more of a professional development series podcast, and it's it's really good. And I just really enjoyed getting that information while I was out in the field. And my intention with this podcast, Rainbows and Rain, wasn't for professional development purposes, but honestly, to just connect with other EI providers and truly share raw reflection and stories from real life visits. So stories of visits that went great and were sunny to the rainy and hard visits where you are struggling just to do your best. So much is talked about with best practices what to do what not to do what it looks like what it doesn't look like you read about it um you hear about it in trainings but what happens when you put it into real context and real practice so i've discovered that as professionals and myself um, and talking with other people, how I learn is through the stories and experiences of others, along with all the good PD and research there is out there. So I feel like it's really a combination and I've read a lot and heard a lot. And I, there are those videos on the different websites and things like that, where you can watch visits happen in real life. Um, But this was just another angle to kind of take with it. Again, it's the good and the bad, the rainy and the sunny. So I kind of use weather to compare and contrast my visits and experiences and reflection as I'm out there. Another inspiration for the podcast came from a book study I'm currently in uh, as a part of Dana Childress's new book, Pause and Reflect, Your Guide to a Deeper Understanding of Early Intervention Practice. I've linked it in previous episode descriptions and I'll link it again because um, again, that that book is truly Uh, what's helped me and and inspired this too. So that's the story behind the podcast. But what are the stories we write in early intervention? I recently sat through a training put on by my state, and one of the things talked about was IFSP writing, which is, of course, due process. And while due process isn't the most exciting topic to listen to uh, or to talk about, This training was pretty good and I'm gonna link it in the episode description. It was a recorded training, I don't know, about 25 minutes long. Um, The thing that struck me when the trainer was talking was explaining the difference between IEP and IFSP. And of course, we know the difference, you know, one's family focused, one's school focused, one's implemented in the home, one's implemented at school. But as I listened it was more about how the IFSP should tell a story, which is absolutely true. It should tell a story like a narrative about the family and how the child plays a role in this family um, and how everyone in the family plays a role. In an IEP, you won't read about family routines, family concerns, or family priorities obviously parent input is included in those IEPs um, and, you know, parent report for sure, and parents are at those meetings and a part of those meetings. Um, But an IEP is a picture description of the child at school and what services and supports will be provided at school, goals for the child to accomplish in, you know, different academic or developmental areas. So coming from a clinical perspective or from the IEP world, that's that writing looks really different than the writing we do on IFSPs. So after this training, I really reflected on my own story writing when writing IFSPs. And listening to the training, I kind of discovered I don't know if I'm doing my best at this. So I don't know if I'm truly telling the whole story of the child and the family. And that story really drives the service. And of course, because children are constantly changing in part C, the story often changes too. So, I mean, kids can come into uh the referral process and the evaluation process with one concern, but by the time you get to the IFSP meeting, there might be a totally different concern or different priority. That's how quickly things can change in Part C, so that story is often changing. So, I really wanted to practice this um, at my next IFSP meeting, and I had an, an, an initial IFSP coming up Um, after the training. So I wanted to really take family concerns and focus them into priorities and goals, thinking truly about the goals and the outcome I'm writing on the IFSP, um, because that's going to drive the service. So, but before we get to the actual writing piece, we have to get the story down. And how we get the story down is really by asking meaningful questions, and and when we get the answers to those questions, really listening and maybe exploring a certain answer and going deeper. So, for example, I read this somewhere, but we hear this all the time in Part C. I want my child to talk. He's not talking. She's not talking. Um, I want them to talk. I want to work on vocabulary. I want to see them use words to communicate. We hear this all the time. And I feel like, um, at least for myself, I start to go into autopilot at some of those IFSP meetings and because it's a concern I've heard before, many times before, just like all of you. And I kind of have that. I would come in my head like, okay, it's going to be written like this or it's going to go like this. But um, I was reading something And I'm pretty sure it was in uh, the book. Taking that a step further, and this training also helped me think about it too. So taking that concern, I want my child to talk, and really focus it and pull it to a more specific priority for the family. So the next question could be, what would you like your child to say? I have never asked that question, I don't think. Um, I've asked questions like, how do they let you know they're hungry or thirsty or that they need something? And while that will get me answers too, it doesn't get the other answer I'm looking for from the parent. So I thought that was really interesting when I read about that um, it's such a simple question, too, right? What do you want your child to say? I might think I know what they want them to say. And of course, we all know those basic first words that kids typically use and, and, and practice, but um, it could be something totally different for the family. And we don't know that if we don't ask those questions, so like I said earlier, I had an initial IFSP meeting, uh, right after this training and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to try this because it was, it was a baby. And again, one of the, like typically with babies, parents all come in with the same concerns, um, cause it's usually a medical thing that, um, really young infants are coming in with is milestones. I want them to meet their milestones. I want them to stay on track. And I just, you know, that's the obvious concern that you'll hear from every single parent that's coming in uh, with an infant typically, especially a very young infant. And in this case, milestones were very important because this child had suffered a brain injury at birth. So after listening to the mom talk about at the IFSP meeting some current medical updates, some current routine updates, um, there were a couple of things that that really struck me. She mentioned when it came to like Um, trying to calm her daughter, her infant daughter, um, because there's some reflux going on, some possible muscle spasms. And she says she just cries hysterically out of the blue throughout the day. And we're just trying everything to see what works best for her. And after she said that, or after she kind of finished talking, I said, tell me some things that you have tried that are or just that you've tried. It doesn't matter if they've worked or not worked, but what are some things you've tried um, to help her? And she went on to explain like she loves her baths. That seems to really calm and relax her muscles with helps with these possible muscle spasms that are going on. Um, And and she likes to be held upright. She really doesn't like to be held in any other position, um, probably because of the reflux and things like that. So after gathering all that information and asking some of those more open-ended questions, I got to, you know, thinking about how are we going to write this outcome? What does she want this outcome to look like? And it's myself on the plan and OT and PT, of course. So um, she said, well, milestones, meeting most of them as close as she can to typical and She said just overall development. And then I said, when you think about overall development, what is at the top of your list? What most concerns you right now? And she said developing her motor skills and feeding, two things that are also very broad. So then I just kind of took it a step further because I definitely probably in the past would have just stopped right there and been like, okay, we're going to focus on typical motor development right now and, and feeding. And I already, I had already um, gathered some information about feeding and knew what was going on there. But um, so I just kind of had this, I just kind of go into autopilot, I feel like. So I stopped, put the brakes on autopilots and was like, Nope, I'm going to, I'm going to drive this car a little different. So then I said, tell me about motor development. What specifically are you working on right now or want to work on right now? And she said, well, I want her to learn to be on her tummy um, because right now she really likes to be held upright and she's not liking tummy time so much, but she does like it on my chest. And so that's how we're doing it right now. And I thought, Perfect. So now we're, like, focusing in and zeroing in on some really specific family priorities, which are going to drive the story of this outcome and IFSP. Um, so I just thought that that helps and um, I think made writing, honestly, a lot easier. And that's probably more of the most obvious takeaway with all of this. The more you know, the better you can write. The more you know about the story, the more you know about the family, um, the easier it is to kind of write those priorities and outcomes and goals and things like that. Um, So I did. I was able to write it and and we were able to write it with feeding it was honestly just getting more proficient with the bottle and but also if you remember she said um you know she likes to be held upright so again when we talked about feeding uh she didn't bring it up but I brought it up and said well, what about being able to hold her in different ways and she said oh yes I would love to be able to do that so you know, the cradle hold or a different hold. Um, So feeding and just really knowing how to focus uh, what this mom was really concerned about, it made the writing a lot easier. And sometimes I feel like we overcomplicate it. Like we do a lot of things in special education um, with different things. So just, and of course, again, going back to that IFSP versus the IEP, um, IFSPs should be written so families can understand them. So if we're kind of going over the top with some of our jargon, if we're kind of, you know, not including the family and discovering just what they know too about what they want their child's goals to be, um, we're really not getting a good picture of what's going on. Earlier, I mentioned two resources I love, um, and that inspired this podcast, uh, Pause and Reflect, the book by Dana Childress, but also the EI on the Fly podcast. Um, I think it's episode three, which is called, uh, asking meaningful questions or mean- meaningful questions or something like that. Um, that ties into, um, the IFSP writing and in Dana's book, she has a whole chapter dedicated to it, but, um, really turning into question asking into a conversation is how you're going to get a good story. So tell me about your day versus what does bath time look like? What is, what does mealtime look like? what What do diaper changers look like? Um, You know, that kind of thing. Uh, On the podcast, they referenced a question, um, what does your child like to do versus what makes your child laugh or smile? You're going to get two totally different answers there. Um, So just thinking about that, I highlighted some of them um, that I've discovered. So Um, one, of course, tell me about your child's day, I think is super broad, but then as you're listening to that story, the parent is telling you, you're going to pick out bits and pieces of that story and explore that information further. And it's also going to give you some clues as to what you might be working on, um, when visits start with this family. Uh, at the same time, so, what frustrates your child, what frustrates you? Um, you're gonna get you you might guess some of those frustrations based on what's going on with the child and but it might also be something completely different. Um, that's maybe not on your radar right now. Um, I was listening to a colleague talk about a meeting she had, and when she asked this question, she the parent answered i want them to stop dumping liquid out and it's like oh so that's i mean that's something that i would have never thought of and i don't think she ever thought of but when you ask some of those really specific questions that are more open ended um you you get some really good information well okay when are they dumping out liquid explore that further and then you'll discover that maybe mealtime is a mess or that they're carrying around liquid and they're just dumping it out everywhere. Um, Other great open-ended questions one that I absolutely is one of my staples is what have you already tried? So when parents start kind of rattling off, like all the things that are going wrong, or all the things that are really, really hard, I feel like at least for myself, my anxiety starts to rise, like, oh my gosh, like, this family's really struggling, or they need to do this, this and this, or um you, you start to kind of figure out some of those like, almost like prescriptions of like what they need to do. Um, I've really learned to stop that and, um, ask the question, what have you already tried? Um, because you're going to learn a lot with that question. Um, and a couple more that I really like, what would you be doing right now if I wasn't here? Or if we weren't here, what would you be doing? So, And I like this one too, if this routine worked perfectly, what would that look like to you? Because again, we always assume what we think the routine should look like and how a routine should go, but every family is different and every family has routines, but our perception of what they are and how they should go probably more often than not is not going to match how their perception is it should go or how they want it to go. Remember this, these are their homes, this is their life. Um, So they really need to be driving this story of how this is going to go. So as I walk into IFSP meetings now, I'm really trying to walk in with just No preconceived notions of what I think this family wants to work on. Even knowing that they qualify in this area, even knowing um, everything I know from the evaluation, I try and let it go and say, okay, what are we going to work on right now? What's at the top of your list? What do you want to be able to do? And um, really letting that be the driving force. And I think when we get better, at writing the story in the IFSP, it really is a trickle effect to everything else we do with the family. Between visits and interactions, to intervention strategies, to putting plans of action into practice, everything starts to, to affect the next thing. So I think I will leave it there. Again, IFSP writing is not the most interesting topic to talk about but again i think it's it's the the driving force the story that that drives everything so if you have any thoughts on this topic or any feedback for the podcast please email me at e r i k k a b80 at gmail.com and i hope you'll check out another episode of rainbows and rains